Liberty and Z on the wireless with Grant Edwards, Lee Nash, and I need to be next to you one and a half minutes away from news at five o'clock here at the Liberty and Z breakfast with Grant Edwards. That's me. That's my name. Not too long to go now. How how about a funny ad before the before the news? This is Lana Palooza with breaking news from a local supermarket where a quick thinking stock boy has saved a young child's life. That's right. Your name, sir? Uh, Wally. What happened, Wally? Well, I'm restocking the sugar when suddenly I hear a scream. Go on. This lady's kid tries to swallow a whole kumquat and he's starting to turn blue right in front of the sugar carton, so I turn around. You mean bags, right? What? You said sugar cartons. Sugar comes in a bag. Well, Dixie Crystals also comes in a carton. So anyway, I grab the kit. Dixie Crystal sugar comes in a carton? Uh, yeah. What kind of carton? Well, it's like a milk carton. So quickly remembering my Heimlich oh, training... Why I... would Dixie Crystals put sugar in a milk carton? Well, it's easier to store, easier to pour, and it doesn't leak. So anyway, this So kit... if Dixie Crystals comes in a milk carton, shouldn't it be in the dairy section? No. It's the same sugar Dixie Crystals been making since 1917. Listen, can't we get back to the kumquat? Oh, right. Do your kumquats come in a carton, too, sir? What? Hey, I saved a life! The smooth, sweet taste of Dixie Crystals is now available in an Easy Store, Easy Pour carton. Find it at your neighborhood supermarket. Did you know that when a high-voltage wire falls to the ground, running is a huge mistake? As it touches the ground, a strong electric field with a radius of about 20 meters radiates outwards. This electric current can flow from one foot to the other, causing severe, sometimes fatal, injuries. However, there's no need to panic. If you're some distance away from where it touched down, you might feel a slight tingling sensation, but the voltage isn't lethal yet. Always remember, don't move forward or panic and run. Just lift one foot and hop backwards to stay away from the danger. For those who crave more than just reading headlines in their social media feeds. People need to wake up. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Yep, we'll be back Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Hour. Go to episodes at tntradio.live. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Israel hosted Elon Musk on Monday, saying it had reached an agreement in principle for using a SpaceX company's Starlink communications in the Gaza Strip, where a pause to the war against Hamas terrorists coincided with the tech entrepreneur's visit. Mr. Musk's office is yet to comment on the trip. Israeli President Isaac Herzog is scheduling an afternoon meeting with Musk. They'll be joined by relatives as hostages held by Hamas terrorists in Gaza and will also discuss the need to act to combat rising anti-Semitism online. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is also due to meet Mr. Musk on Monday to discuss the security aspects of artificial intelligence and hold a live online discussion. When they last met in California on September 18th, Mr. Netanyahu urged Mr. Musk to strike a balance between protecting free expression and fighting hate speech after weeks of controversy over anti-Semitism on X. China's top health body urged hospitals nationwide to extend service hours and set up more clinics as the recent increase in respiratory illnesses drew global concerns. The message delivered at a November 26 news conference held by the National Health Commission came as domestic media reports showed that long lines have formed at pediatric hospitals with some parents reporting they waited up to eight hours to get their children to see a doctor. 
Health officials on November 26th acknowledged that hospitals are overcrowded. And to quell public concerns, they urged local clinics to enhance their capacity to accommodate the growing number of patients. Former President Donald Trump said Saturday that a lack of U.S. citizens among the hostages freed by the Hamas terrorist group shows no respect for America under President Joe Biden. Hamas released two U.S. citizens on October 20th, but no Americans have since been freed. According to U.S. intelligence, there are around 10 Americans among the hostages still held by the Hamas terrorist group, which took captives when it raided Israeli settlements on October 7th and brutally killed over 1,000 people. President Trump wrote in a post on Truth Social on Saturday before the second group of hostages were released, Has anybody noticed that Hamas has returned people from other countries, but so far has not returned one American hostage? There's only one reason for that, no respect for our country or our leadership. This is a very sad and dark period of America. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan discussed the deal struck between Israel and Hamas to release the first 50 hostages in exchange for 150 Palestinians released from Israeli prisons during an interview on ABC's This Week. And there have been past instances where Hamas has gained some benefit for some time uh, for prisoner exchanges and then gone right back to the same kind of brutality and lack of care for Palestinian civilians that has exemplified its rule for the last 15 or more years. And so that often fades. For As food prices continue to increase because of inflation, more Americans say that this holiday season they're turning to local food banks to get essentials for the holiday feast. Here with more is TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen. So the disturbing truth of it all this Thanksgiving is that a lot of Americans will not be able to afford a Thanksgiving meal because of inflation. Inflation has hit the food sector extremely hard and record numbers of Americans are going for food banks this year. An increase on a level never seen before, not in living memory. And all of this is happening under the aegis of what's called Bidenomics. The White House says they're doing a lot to reduce the inflation. They're passing the Inflation Reduction Act, but unfortunately, prices are still going up. So what exactly is Bidenomics? It certainly doesn't look like a success at this point. And a lot of people are forced to go to Target for Thanksgiving meal deals, if you can believe it, to feed a family of four. But this is where the country is at. At the moment, things are looking tight going into the 2024 election, and the economy is going to be a major centerpiece going forward. For TNT Radio, this is Patrick Henningsen. With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to TNTradio.live. That's the one. Get the wallet out. Oh, no, we can't do it by wallet, can we? Oh, the good old days. One day, I, I suspect that little children will go to school and they'll hold up notes, $100 bills, and they'll say, we used to buy things with these. We did. Now, let's look at the highs, the extreme highs and extreme lows. The current extremes for whole, the whole of New Zealand at five past five in the morning. Good morning. Uh, Colverton, 20.5 degrees. That's pretty good, isn't it, for five past five in the morning. Waiuru, 10 degrees. Not bad. Over you know, double digits there for Waiuru, which is normally a cold hole, isn't it? Cold hole where all the soldiers are. Lovely soldiers. 
So lovely soldiers. <laughs> uh, we've got <laughs> sorry, <laughs> my gay voice there came and crept in. Uh, Castle Point, forty-six kilometres of wind, so it's a wee bit blustery at Castle Point, but it always is usually. Uh, Invercargill has a wee bit of dri- a drivel uh, coming out of the microphone. No, a wee bit of um, drizzle happening there in Invercargill. Point four millimetres of rain, and uh, we'll whip across to uh, Met Service. We'll whip away from Met Service, and we'll go over to the Weather Watch with uh, the young Duncan there, and it looks like a series of fronts moving north over the country today. Rain or showers for western regions, and uh, after a lag of rain moves up the east coast, arriving for the eastern North Island overnight to Wednesday morning. Uh, Firstly for Northland, Auckland, Waikato, the Bay of Plenty, partly cloudy, a few showers for Waikato. Widespread rain later in the evening as northwesterlies change to southwest, High today of 20 to 22 degrees. In the western North Island, including the central, uh, you've got partly cloudy. A shower or two for Kapiti and Taranaki. Showers becoming more widespread in the afternoon. Perhaps a few areas of rain moving north as well. Northwesterlies, they're going to freshen a high today of 16 to 20 degrees. For the eastern North Island, sun and some increasing cloud. A few spits of rain here and there. Uh, that's around the Wairarapa late afternoon and further north in the evening. Northwesterly winds, blustery for Wairarapa overnight. Rain for Wairarapa with southerlies. A high today of 20 to ooh, 25 degrees. Now Wellington, what have you got down there? Well, you've got partly cloudy, a few spits of rain or showers from midday. So it's going to be okay up until lunchtime. Overnight rain, a strong northwesterlies change to southerlies. It might get a bit colder, but right now, today, your high is going to be 18 degrees, which is not that high, is it? Marlborough, considering that some of them are already up over over 20 degrees already. Marlborough and Nelson, rain and high cloud. Did I say rain and high cloud? Why would I say? No, rain overnight, but you're going to have sun and high cloud today. You've got a few spits of rain in the afternoon as the front passes over. The uh, rain overnight, especially about Marlborough, is going to be a bit breezy northwesterlies as well, but it's going to change to southerlies. 21 to 22 for you today. Over down further south to Canterbury, mostly sunny with a touch of high cloud. <laughs> rain late afternoon for South Canterbury, and then pushing north uh, in the evening as the northwesterlies change to the south. Strong and it's very strong actually about the coast. A high today of 24 to 26 degrees, so it's certainly not going to be cool. For the west coast, rain clearing in Fjordan late to mid afternoon as the northwesterlies change to southwest. Southwesterly spreading further north in the evening with rain easing to showers. So your expected high today is 16 to 18 degrees. For Southland and Otago, you've got a spit or two of rain, especially for Southland, uh, and you've got that's going to be happening about the Lakes District as well. Rain drops in the morning for Southland, then Otago in the afternoon. As northwesterly change to southwesterly. And rain easing to showers in South and then Otago in the afternoon and uh, in the evening respectively. A high today of 15 to 23 degrees and the wheels fell off the weather forecast, didn't they? Oh, it's nine past nine already. Gosh, that took too long. OK, let's um, let's come back and we'll have a look and see what happened on this day in history. How about that then? How do you hope the current war in Israel and Gaza comes to an end? Well, I think that that part of the world is, is definitely, like if you look up the, there is no easy answer in the dictionary it'll be that like the picture of uh, the middle east um in israel especially so there is no easy answer this is strictly my opinion of the the goal of hamas was to provoke an overreaction from israel um they obviously did not expect to uh you know have a military victory um but they they expect they, they really wanted to commit the worst atrocities that they could in order to provoke the 
the most aggressive response possible from Israel, um, and then leverage that uh, aggressive response to um, rally Muslims worldwide uh, for the cause of uh, Gaza and Palestine, which they have succeeded in doing. Um, so the, the the counterintuitive thing here, I think that the, the thing that I think should be done, even though it is very difficult, uh, is that um, I, I would recommend that Israel engage in the most conspicuous acts of kindness possible. Every Everything. Elon Musk there and uh, giving his two cents worth. Will at 4.46 a.m. New Zealand Daylight Saving Time, 4.46 p.m. on the 27th local time on this day, uh, we had the Airbus 320-200 operated by German charter firm XL Airways owned by Air New Zealand. It crashed into the Mediterranean Sea off the coast of Pepignan in France as seven people on board were killed. Uh, It was 29 years to the day, actually, since Air New Zealand flight TE-901 had crashed in in Antarctica in 1979, killing all 257 passengers and crew on board. The Airbus was on a test flight following maintenance and repairing, uh, and rather repainting, uh, into the Air New Zealand colours, that's the Air New Zealand livery, at Papignon before it was returned to New Zealand for a two-year lease by XL Airways. Seven people killed in the accident were two Germans, a pilot, a co-pilot, XL Airways, from XL Airways, and five New Zealanders, one pilot and three engineers from Air New Zealand and an engineer from the Civil Aviation Authority. Following extensive efforts by French authorities, all the bodies were recovered and identified. French air accident investigators were assisted by their, with their inquiries by the Germans, the New Zealanders and also the Americans and they also the, uh, the manufacturers of the aircraft and its engine. And the operators of XL Airways in Air New Zealand, their interim report released in February 2009 found that the crew had lost control of the aircraft after it stalled following a low-speed manoeuvre at a very low altitude. According to the final report published in September 2010, the plane's velocity had fallen to stalling speed because sensors, which would have alerted the crew, were not working incorrectly. Hmm. Maintenance of the sensors had allowed water to enter them and had frozen during the flight. In 2009, Air New Zealand marked the 30th anniversary of the Erebus disaster and the first anniversary of the A320 accident. Events marked the latter, uh, marking the latter included a service in Papignon where a memorial plaque, which was made of punamu, which is green stone, and a local stone, rather, oh, they had their own local stone as well, was unveiled. And let's go back to the Erebus one here. Now, this happened, gosh, that was, uh, when was that, 1979. On this day, in actual fact, 257 people were killed on Erebus on the morning of the 28th of November, uh, 1979. And it was a terrible day on that morning. Uh, Air New Zealand flight TE-901 left Mangere Airport, Auckland, for an 11-hour return sightseeing flight to Antarctica, I'm actually struggling to read that because I I lost a couple of people in that.
a better business tip from TNT Radio. News Talk Radio listeners are some of the most active and involved listeners of any format. TNT Radio listeners rely on TNT Radio often as their primary source of information. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Yeah, both my uncles were on board that flight. And, uh, well, it still affects me, even now. Trump or Biden? Biden. Right. Biden or for... Why? <laughs> because Trump sucks. He's an idiot. You don't like Trump? Not at all. What are some of the reasons? Uh, because he's a traitor to the country. How, how so? He's a cheater. <laughs> because he's, he's sold out the country to uh, Russia. Uh, no, he didn't. Man, the media. You know, we all say... On the right, that the media, their day is done. Well, obviously have an impact on people like that. Israeli Defense Force, they're being accused of carpet bombing by, you know, halfwits from the Western media, both the mainstream and also the fake stream. And it's, you know, it's beginning, I'm beginning to see that even the, even the, um, now it's all, it's really, uh, we're now seeing what people are made of. We're seeing people in the alternative media, media also, um, resorting to anti-Semitism, it really just shows you the true heart of them, doesn't it? If they if they hate the Jews, if they like make up lies about the Jews, pretending that they're some there's some evil plot of all Jews that are involved this, um, in Zionism, they turn that and make it out to sound like it's something evil and wicked when it just means a homeland for the Jews, nothing more. Zion, of course, is all through the Bible. Hundreds of mentions of the word Zion. It's a, the title of Jerusalem, Zion by the rivers of Babylon. Um, we remember Zion. Remember that that song by Boney M. So it's all about you didn't hate Zionism then, but you do now because you're believing this modern day anti-Semitism. And we know that it all comes from Rome, the enemy of the Jewish people, and also the enemy of the true Bible believers as well. Israel has never, not one time in history, initiated any conflict. Every single one of those things that you're pointing to is a retaliatory attack by a terrorist organization. But if that was switched, where I, Israel, you, Hamas, in Gaza, I take all of my arms and all of my protection and I laid them down, what would Hamas do? They'd kill every single one. That's what they do. That's, that's what they're sworn to do. That's their motto and the origin of their existence. All the way back to the Grand Mufti, traveling to Hitler to ask, how do we solve the Jewish problem? Like, you want to follow Hamas to the Muslim Brotherhood, all the way back to the Grand Mufti, the Mujahideen, and you see the origins of like one thing, which is how do I solve the Jewish problem, is to eradicate and kill them. That is what Hamas came from. Not the Palestinians, not those poor people stuck in Gaza. If all of Hamas just went away, we would have peace. No, I just can't read that. I can't read about the um, Erebus crash. I had to play a few other things. It was just, it's just too distressing for me, even after all these years. You wouldn't believe it, would you? 29th of November, 1979. Ah, oh, unbelievable. And uh, so, no, the wheels fell off me this morning, I'm afraid. 17 minutes past five. And also on this day, 1953, New Zealand's first planning, family planning clinics opened. New Zealand's first family planning clinics opened above the garage in Remuera, apparently. That's what they say. In 1893, women vote in the first general election. New Zealand women went to the polls for the first time just 10 weeks after the governor signed the Electoral Act of 1893 making this country the first in which women had the right to vote in parliamentary elections. So that's what happened on this day in history. When we come back, 
uh, when I come back. And when I pull myself together, uh, we will have a look and see what's going on with COVID news because really it's, um, it's just shocking and uh, it's all being hushed up. There's actually organisations now that are out there trying to shape, shape the way we think in the media. And these, many of the, the drug companies are employing former FBI and, uh, and other intelligence agencies, former people that work for them, to help shape the, um, the, you know, shape the narrative. And it's disgraceful, absolutely disgraceful. Uh, most people have woken up, but they're still trying to do it. And uh, Moderna and Pfizer, they're just, uh, they're, um, they're, their profits have just you know, tumbled. They've absolutely tanked, and good on them, rightly so. There needs to be some court cases now, and a lot of people need to be held accountable, including our politicians. Uh, our lawyers that sat on their hands and did nothing, uh, the courts as well for r- riding roughshod over the Bill of Rights. And so there needs to be some big changes. Let's hope the trio of um, uh, David, uh, Christopher Luxon, David Seymour and uh, Winston Peters, let's hope, <laughs> don't hold your breath, let's hope that they can, they can bring some people to justice. Israel has never, not one time in history, initiated any conflict. Every single one of those things that you're pointing to is a retaliatory attack by a terrorist organization. But mm, that- I think we did play that, didn't we? Here's Douglas Murray. Muslims do not love other Muslims. They have no love for them. They have no love for the Palestinian peoples. None. If they had any, the Jordanians would have taken in the West Bank Palestinians, the Egyptians would have taken in the, 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 the territory they used to run, the Gaza, and own the Gaza, and they would have taken in the Palestinians from the Gaza. Why have the Egyptians made sure that not one uh, Palestinian is allowed to leave Gaza? Why, why do they make sure that their border wall is tough as anything? What do they mind? One thing, Jews living. Jews living and Jews winning. It hits them deep in their soul, in their psyche. It's an ancient, ancient hatred, perhaps the most ancient among the monotheisms, and uh, the deepest and the ugliest, the nastiest, and the one that has been least addressed. And we've imported it. Mm, Yes, that's right. Okay, it's 24 minutes past five. Let's go over to the Epoch News, and we'll just look at the headlines just to give you some idea of just, you know, how bad it is, how how wicked it is, actually. Uh, Urinary and prosthetic prosthetic complications occur after COVID and its vaccines, according to new studies. Actually, in reading that report, it really, they can't really tell the difference whether it's so-called COVID uh, infection, which, they, which they're calling it, which I don't think exists at all, actually. I think it's just the PCR test and the rat test and all the other stuff that's bringing this COVID nonsense up. But it's the vaccines. Females and young adults at higher risk of COVID-19 vaccine side effects, according to another study. Longer COVID school closures linked to a sooth uh, youth suicidality uh, so suicides research finds doctors echoing it as well highest ever child vaccine exemption rate in history doctors explain uh, COVID accelerates zombie cells in the brain according to another study natural immunity better than protection from COVID-19 vaccination study uh, nearly three in four Americans not worried about getting seriously sick from COVID-19 according to a KFF survey study reveals more than half of COVID-19 vaccinated feel sick a year later a Biden administration seeks more attorneys to defend against vaccine lawsuits should be the other way around Disgraceful. Urging NHS staff to take COVID-19 vaccines without mentioning side effects could be negligent, according to uh, another law firm. Uh, email, a new email, shows Fauci advisor suggesting he destroyed records. 
Nearly 40 million Americans have received a new COVID vaccine, according to the CDC. A new report raises concerns that the CDC vaccine adverse event reporting system is broken. Plasmid DNA contamination in COVID-19 vaccines is clear breach of informed consent by FDA, according to Dr. Robert Malone. Congress warned about DNA fragments in Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine. Actress sues AstraZeneca, alleging COVID-19 jab left her with brain injuries. U.S. Supreme, uh, U.S. Oh gosh, I was going to say something naughty. Uh, U.S. Supreme Court rejects challenge to COVID-19 vaccine mandate. And post-COVID vaccine syndrome is a psychological disease. Some one study says, I doubt that very much. Uh, catching a cold might. That's interesting though that they would say that. Very interesting. Catching a cold might prevent a severe case of COVID-19. Oh, gosh. Study reveals most common chronic symptoms after COVID-19 vaccination. Expert panel discusses evidence of unreported genetic contamination in COVID-19 vaccines. And an exclusive here, millions break through COVID-19 cases in 2021 files show. And 2023 Florida Summit on COVID, Food and Family, or Food, Family and Medical Freedoms, and then the top FDA officials accept jobs with Moderna, top FDA, after playing key roles in the legislature uh, of COVID-19 vaccines. Just opening, eye-opening video banned from social media. CDC never saw raw data underpinning key study. Just goes on. And billions of copied residual DNA in a single dose of COVID-19 mRNA vaccine. Just just goes on and on. So it's all coming out now, isn't it? And rightly so, and rightly so. Okay, when I come back, we're going to go over to... Uh, uh, we'll have a quick look at the Moderna is uh, the, the spying on you. I mentioned it a week or so ago, but I want to um, talk about that again in just, in just one moment. So I'll be right back after Joe Rogan. How good are you at giving blowjobs? And he looks at me like, kind of a freaking question is that? He says, I'm sorry? And I said, yeah, how good are you at giving it? He says, no. I said, when you were 11 years old, did anybody teach you how to give one? No. Why would they teach me that? That's what they're teaching in schools right now in many different places. Terrible, isn't it? Okay, we're up to 24 minutes past five here at the Liberty NZ Breakfast with Grant Edwards. That's my name, uh, Novak Djokovic. <laughs> Novak's his, uh, victorious return to the US Open this year was heralded as a triumph of an ageless athlete. His greatness, the Guardian reported, has been defined by his ability to rise from difficult losses stronger than before. But for the pharmaceutical giant Moderna, it came as something of a blow. Jovac crowned anti-vax, anti-vaccine hero after US Open win, howled the title of an internal report. It continued the optics of Jovac, uh, Djokovic, whose vaccine opposition barred him from competing in the 2022 US Open, returned to and winning the Moderna-sponsored competition, bolstered anti-vaccine claims that vaccines and mandates are unnecessary. The report rated news surrounding Djokovic uh, keep calling him Djokovic as a high risk, noting that vaccine opponents are celebrating the tennis champion and that some of the social media mockingly point out that Moderna is the US Open sponsor. Other alerts produced by uh, a partnership at blending marketing executives with former FBI and Secret Service analysts also cited concerns around drug industry profits as a source of misinformation. Far from viral deception, much of the content flagged by Moderna as misinformation 
and a supposed danger to public health was nothing of the sort. It was legitimate discussion of vaccine-related issues. But the Moderna misinformation reports reported here for the first time reveal that the pharmaceutical company is willing to what it's willing to do to shape the public discourse around its marquee product and even affect policy making. Moderna did incredibly well out of the pandemic or pandemic. It was uh, shot it shot from a fledgling biotech firm to a household name having created one of the most effective, they say, one of the most effective vaccines during the outbreak, which turned out to be absolute nonsense. The mRNA COVID-19 vaccine capitulated the company from uh, up to a $100 billion valuation and minted five new billionaires, including Chief Executive Stephanie Blanchill, its chairman, Nobar Afayan, co-founder Robert Langer, President Stephen Hogue, and Stephen Springer of Harvard Medical School professor. He was one of the early investors. But as demand for the vaccinations has diminished inevitably, so too have its earnings. This year, its only marketable product lies unused, and the company has recorded steep losses. Good. And Moderna also have been forced to repay royalty payments to to NIAID, uh, the US government agency that helped produce the basic research that underpins the mRNA vaccine technology. As a result, in January, Banchel announced a price hike of up to $130 a dose, that's US, um, much higher than the 15 to 26 for American federal contracts, according to the Wall Street Journal. She said, we're experiencing a 90% reduction in demand. Uh, I'm so happy about that. Uh, Gosh, I mean, they were making $1,000 a second, 1,000 US dollars a second, uh, uh, when he was asked to defend the decision. Uh, As you can see, we're losing economies of scale. This, uh, with its profits evaporating, Moderna embarked on a flashy new marketing campaign that uh, features a child chasing a red string that transforms into a ribbon, which the narrator explains is the mRNA strand that could unlock cures for all types of diseases. And its latest television advert depicts the company's coronavirus vaccine as emblematic of a healthy lifestyle. Over some cool music, the narrator says, making vaccination again, COVID-19, a part of your health care. Spike vax, that body. Uh, the most important thing for Moderna is that people keep having their jabs. <laughs> Smart ads are part of that, but more importantly, it's uh, is to push back aggressively against the prevailing anti-vax narrative, people like me and others, and engage, or much bigger than me, and engage here po- where possibly any in any discussion around vaccine policy. That's where Moderna disinformation department comes in. Behind the scenes, the marketing arm of the company has been working with law enforcement officials, and, or former, and public health officials to monitor and influence vaccine policy. Key to this is an industry a drug industry funded NGO called Public Good Projects. They have lovely names, don't they? Public Good Projects. Only there's one, uh, what was it now? It's all about voting. It's, I think that it's actually to do with voter, voter fraud, actually. They're actually encouraging it. <laughs> and what do they call themselves? Um, Democracy Services or something like that with Auckland Council. Key to this is the and the drug industry funded NGO, the yeah, public good projects. Okay, according to the documents that that we have seen, that that would be um, unheard.com that we're reading this from. The PGP works closely with social media platforms, government agencies, and news websites to confront 
the root cause of vaccine hesitancy by rapidly identifying and shutting down misinformation. A network of 45,000... Listen to this. They've got all the health care. They've, they've got them on the payroll. For a network of 45,000 healthcare professionals are given talking points. They don't even know what they're talking about half the time. They're just given talking points. But like Jacinda Ardern's got talking points on her socialism rubbish. But when... Uh, Cam Slater actually had a meal with her one time, lunch with her, I think, over a, an extended period, I think an hour or so. He said she was empty. All she had was her talking points. So these, this 45,000, that's a lot, isn't it? Healthcare professionals are given these talking points and advice on how to respond when vaccine misinformation, they call it, goes mainstream, according to an email from Moderna. Moderna's disinformation arm is perpetuating the public discourse wars that have been raging since early in the pandemic, aimed at shutting down anything that might undermine COVID-19-related policies, including lockdowns and efforts to encourage mass vaccinations. These documents provide a new window into the process that has roiled speech debates over the last three years. With PGP, this is the, this is the arm that's out there that's just trying to shape the way we think, Moderna is monitoring a huge range of mainstream outlets as well as unconventional ones, such as the stream online gaming community. Even the gaming community is being monitored. Uh, meanwhile, Moderna also retains TalkWalker, uh, which is its blue silk artificial intelligence to monitor vaccine-related conversations across 150 million websites in nearly 200 countries. Discussions around competitor issues, including discussions of Pfizer, are flagged as well as vaccine hesitancy. Their monitoring team includes Moderna's Global Intelligence Division, which is run by Nikki Rutman, who spent nearly 20 years as an analyst with the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI. Can you believe this? Rutman was working for the FBI Boston office during the COVID-19 effort known as Operation Warp Speed. We may remember that, which involved the FBI conducting weekly cyber security meetings with the Boston headquartered Moderna. She is among many former law enforcement agents, now with the vaccine maker. The involvement of law enforcement reflects a wider trend in the disinformation space as the Department of Homeland Security and FBI have increasingly learned on social media platforms to shape the content decisions as a national security issue. The report issued by the department, which made, uh, uh, which has circulated around staff, including colour-coded warnings about the severity of various anti-vax narratives, the high and the medium alerts include explanations of the news source and why it matters, followed by a listing of low-risk narratives we are monitoring that don't currently warrant any action. If and when the response is needed, our team will notify the appropriate stakeholders with recommendations, quote-unquote. According to one report we've seen, this is the company unheard.com, Musk is deemed to be high-risk, specifically a Musk video that ridiculed media and government officials who claimed that COVID-19 vaccine was 100% effective against the virus. They ridiculed it. The report did not identify any false statements, but warned that this video highlighted the fact that deception by health authorities and health care providers during the pandemic would lay the groundwork to sow distrust in credible sources on vaccine safety and effectiveness. Another high-profile critic, of course, of the Big Pharma, featured in the Moderna report, was Russell Brand. Remember, it came out you know, that he'd, you know, some, they must, I reckon they paid some old birds 
to come out and say that he sexually assaulted them. I mean, with a guy like that with women falling all over them, do you really honestly think <laughs> that he's going to be raping someone or sexually assaulting someone? It's just nonsense. But this is, this is where it comes from, I believe. I believe the drug companies are setting this up. Uh, yes, I do. In September, he was flagged because some on social media suspect that he's been targeted for his anti-vaccine beliefs. He certainly has been. The report featured a video of Brand decrying pharmaceutical profits and making the claim that Moderna and Pfizer made $100,000 of profit every second from the pandemic. I say pandemic. The, um, this, uh, the claim is bundled into high-risk alert that warned Brand's viewers or warned that his views are, circul- are circulated in anti-vaccine spaces where he is viewed as a truth-teller and threat to authority. Moderna further notes that Brand received support from high-profile figures such as Elon Musk and Tucker Carlson. None of the reports that we've seen makes any attempt to dispute the claims made. Rather, the claims are automatically deemed misinformation if they encourage vaccine hesitancy, blanket. And that's what we've seen, haven't we? Uh, We approached Moderna for comment, but they didn't respond. Funny that. What often flies under the banner of combating disinformation is, in this case, nothing more than corporate public relations, trying to spin public narratives in directions favourable to the corporation's interests. Said Kelly Kiriati, he's a biothesist and a fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Centre, Does anyone really want to live under a regime where their social media feed is essentially curated by government or by multinational corporations with their interests that stand on profit, influencing opinion on these issues, he says. There is, um, this is where the line between public relations and lobbying gets blurred for Moderna. It's all very well for a company to be informing uh, gathering, or information gathering rather, and attempting to send out a positive message. But it's quite another for it to be using that information for problematic, for more problematic purposes. Of particular interest in this respect is PGP, the company at the heart of Moderna's misinformation department, financed through a $101,275,000 donation from the biotech Technology and innovation organisation lobbyists representing Pfizer and Moderna, PGP maintains close ties to the government and the media. Moderna first worked closely with PGP on a programme called Stronger in 2021-22 in which it identified misinformation and shaped content decisions on social media. Now you can see what's going on out there, can't you? You can see it. And yet we did a good job fighting these bastards. Uh, PGP was particularly well-equipped to help with this since it had a backdoor access to Twitter data. Unbelievable. Known as the Firehose. They've even got the name of it. And it helped Twitter formulate a pandemic related speech policies. We've discovered through internal emails from Twitter that PGP misinformation reporting team was frequently in contact with Todd O'Boyle, a lobbyist at Twitter, and sent him periodic Excel sheets with accounts to amplify or censor. Unbelievable. Their intention, as we have gleaned from the emails, uh, is not only to combat misinformation, but also to affect the content and tenor of public debate. While PGP identified some obvious falsehoods, they say, such as claims that vaccines contained microchips and were devised intentionally to kill patients, which I believe all of those are true. (laughs) 
<laughs> Many tweet, tweets, were just, tweets were flagged as misinformation. They were simply critical of vaccine passports and other policies designed to coerce vaccination. The relationship has been, have, um, may have extended into law enforcement space. Last year, they, uh, it's, I think the name is Vijaya Gaddi, uh, then serving as Twitter's general counsel, advised the Department of Homeland Security's task force on combating misinformation on trusted fact-checking organisations. In an email, her colleagues reported here for the first time, Gaddy recommended that the government meet with PGP to decipher COVID-19 speech issues. Oh, there we go. Moderna's corporate intelligence and marketing team has worked closely with PGP. I know it's a long one, but hey, it's important, isn't it? With PGP again this year in a, in a bid to shape the vaccine discourse as it uh, uh, take up drops off the clip before they rather before the take up drops off the cliff. In other words, people not wanting to be a part of it and have these vaccines. The partnership, which has already happened, hasn't it? The partnership expanded again in October after an official training program developed by Moderna and PGP alongside the American Board of Internal Medicine to help healthcare workers identify medical misinformation. That's what it's all about. Instead of just concentrating on the, on the safety of the, of the shit they're giving us, why don't they do that? They're spending time on worrying about what we're saying about it. Just give us something that's safe if you have to give us anything at all. I wouldn't touch anything anyway. I just think what you eat is more important. You know, Stay a virgin if you're young so you don't pick up diseases. And um, I know you might think that's funny, but I'll tell you what, uh, you'll come to, to realise that VD and vaccines are the main drivers of neurological disorders and, uh, you know, long-term, uh, you know, uh, what would you call it? Um, uh, diseases, I think. Online course called the Info Infodemic Training Program. Now, what are we talking about here? Moderna and PGP, alongside the American Board of Internal Medicine, to help healthcare workers identify medical misinformation. The online course called the Info in, Infodemic Training Program represents an official partnership between the between Biopharma and the NGO world. But none of PGP's recent work with Moderna is disclosed on the website or in the Infodemic training program. PGP did not respond to requests to, conf- to comment. As the pandemic abates, or so they say, Moderna is, if anything, ratcheting up its surveillance operation with a keen interest in anything related to policies designed to coerce vaccination. In particular, the company is closely tracking elected officials, and recently passed laws in Arkansas and Texas which restricted vaccine mandates. Politicians attempting to ban COVID-19 mandates, or at least claiming to, signals growing resistance to COVID-19 mitigations, reads one of the Moderna alerts, given the company avoid public uh, commenting on the mandate debate. This is revelatory. This attitude is born out of a report from October the 5th which flags an Elon Musk message on X, formerly Twitter, that elaborates on the billionaire's opposition to mandates. Musk expressed outrage at the demand that people must take the vaccine and multiple boosters, adding that until the courts overturn the Biden employer mandate, SpaceX and many other companies would have would have been forced to fire anyone who refused to get vaccinated. The report notes Musk has one of the largest platforms in the world, literally and figuratively. He increasingly uses that platform to elevate fringe vaccine opponents and conspiracy theorists. Nonsense. They're not fringe anymore. It's mainstream now. But despite, and we're certainly not vaccine theorists, we're finding out that it's all true. 
You're all a pack of bastards and you all just love the money. You love money more than you love anything else. Jesus was right when he said, for the love of money is the root of all evil. That's the key, really, isn't it? Follow the money. But despite the growing backlash against social media censorship, the network of fact-checking non-profits has grown at an industrial pace, providing opaque opportunities for private and public interest to take subtle control over the public discourse. Such sophistication in blending public health messaging and corporate advertising should concern anyone with an interest in how government controls free speech. This is an interesting peek behind the disinformation industry. That it actually what it actually does, said Kiriati, the biophysicist, a biothesist rather. Um, yeah. It's about controlling a narrative, controlling the flow of information, controlling how people think about public policy like the vaccine mandate and how people think about particular products that a corporation is profiting from. He added, it's deeply, deeply disturbing. Well, I know that was a long one, but hey, we learned a bit there, didn't we? How good are you at giving blowjobs? Oh, no, we're not hearing that. I just, I just don't want to hear this. Let me ask you a question. So you have a Muslim husband, right? Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you a question via you yeah. for him. No problem. If Islam is so fantastic, why do Muslims always flee to Christian countries? I why? tell you why, because That's Christian countries point. or Western countries, to be more precise, yeah. tend to send troops to their countries, destroy their homes, and but then push them, them out of their neighborhoods. That's why. Because but why people... come to Christian countries? Why not go to Saudi or another Muslim country? Well, because Saudi does, uh, Saudi Arabia actively <laughs> prevents uh, their Muslim neighbors from uh, going there. Go. And ah, the, the UK that? government or the US... But why does Saudi prevent migrants going there? Look, I'm not an ambassador for the, for the Saudi government. No, but probably I'm because why it, come it to is it is a repressive government. Isn't it because Christian lands are free and tolerant and open? And isn't that the very thing that Muslims try and change when they arrive in our country? That's my question and my challenge in the UK. Mm. Yes, that's very good. Good old Katie. Isn't she good value? Katie Hopkins there uh, over from the UK. I think she, I hope she's still on. I'm pretty sure she had, She was last month. Anyway, she's on TNT. She's one of the presenters there. They've got around about 45 announcers on TNT Radio. You'll find them at tntradio.live. They go 24-7, 24-7 news talk. And uh, well worth listening to when you're not listening to me. <laughs> it's uh, 17 minutes to 6. Oh, gosh, I thought it was early. Um, I don't know what happened this morning. Wet the bed or something. I couldn't sleep. Uh, let's, oh, what have we got there? Naughty. Um, right, gosh. Uh, we're going to talk to, um, talk, actually, Mark Spring. He's a new a new boy on my list here. Someone sent me his website, and he's got some interesting things to talk about. He said, The School Kids of the Press Gallery. This is the heading with the new three-way coalition government to be sworn in yesterday. I think they were sworn in yesterday. Wasn't it today? I don't know. I think it's yesterday. It's time for the preschoolers who've dominated the press gallery to grow up or piss off, he says. We've already seen Winston Peters and a certain, to a certain degree Christopher Luxon put the media in its place. Peters was, has been particularly vocal about how childish uh, and, the, and pathetic the New Zealand media has become. Uh, an in- incoming government brings three very strong-willed men, each with their own distinctive personalities and differing skill sets. Skill sets that, if managed properly, properly could be very advantageous to advantageous to New Zealand, whilst the trio have at times collided on matters of importance in their respective parties. And at times, a personal animosity has crept in. The three leaders will bring experience and strength to the new coalition. Many people we are talking to 
are feeling optimistic about the new direction New Zealand could and should head in, according to uh, some people. Uh, and, and a renewed focus. The dysfunctional media played a huge role in promoting the previous government's agendas, which we were just reading about, weren't we? But at times, more often than not, the media promoted the news as their take on it, rather than what the message really should have been. At times, the Labour Party were humiliating, were humiliated by the very media uh, people that were enjoying the public funds that Labour provided. That was towards the end, anyway. That shone through on election night. In the end, the media became biased and agenda-driven rather than fact-driven. Yes, and it's um, 15 minutes to 6. Gosh, I thought it would be a lot later than that. The media shrills under Labour appear to have assumed the role of simply promoting their own agenda. It appears that the coalition agreement... uh, ...were well received by the various party donors, supporters and boards... That are telling, that is telling rather, and it is it provides a good working basis for a base for the for the three party coalition. Can't read this morning. Sorry, three party coalition to start a massive task of rebuilding New Zealand. No doubt the media hysteria will be never far from view. One only had to look at the nonsense commentary about how long the coalition took to form a government when in reality there was no government that could have formed until after the special votes were counted. Mm, That's true. It's time for the adults to enter the room, as most in the press gallery so far don't understand the gallery scuttlebutt and childish antics need to be a thing of the past. Also, uh, we've got uh, the adults have taken back control here. That's another one put out by Mark Spring. I might just have a bit of a croak and a cough and whatever, and I'll be back to you in uh, 50 seconds. Let me ask you a question. So you have a Muslim husband, right? Yeah. Let me ask you a question via you for him. No problem. Oh, I see what's going on. I've got the auto off, and that's why we're playing all this repetitive stuff. Hang on, sorry about that. Oh, you're such a racist, Grant. Yes, yes, I am. Oh, no, we better not play that. That was naughty. I was a bit naughty there. No, sometimes I get in these moods and say things I regret. From beanies to carry bags, and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. No, I need more time. I need to have a proper cough. Congressman, not the NBC media, not no, I, most I, American I media. I we're talking. Say, I did not say NBC, about, but but CNN did. And I will tell media you, media in it, the Arab world. And I will CNN did as well. And I will tell you, uh, it is wrong. It is wrong. We need to, when you are in war, you better make sure you have your facts. We cannot have Baghdad Bobs running around uh, promulgating these lies, uh, especially members of Congress. Uh, so it is imperative. Uh, it does matter. Uh, facts matter here. And we need to make sure uh, that people understand Israel did not attack a hospital. Uh, that was a terrorist organization that did that. That's right. 14 minutes to six here at the Liberty and Z Breakfast with me, Grant Edwards. We're looking at Mark Spring, M-A-R-C, Spring. And uh, he says Luxon says it's going to be fun working with David Seymour and Winston Peters. <laughs> this is from, he says, via Mike Hosking. The incoming Prime Minister said he feels honoured by his appointment as Prime Minister ahead of the swearing-in ceremony. That was yesterday. We're desperate to get the work done and make things better for New Zealanders, he said. The real work starts now. He said it is going to be fun working with David Seymour and Winston Peters, who he uh, got to know really well over the last f- uh, five weeks. Luxon said it was obvious to him early on 
that we need to work alongside the leaders in a collaboration. It's very much what I was thinking, and I think the other party leaders got there very quickly as well. If Luxon is genuine in his approach, New Zealand should see some real change that's much needed. That there is from Mark Spring. Good on you, Mark. We'll be back with some news from the mainstream media in just a moment. Some say that if you want to know what the left has up its sleeves, look to California because it usually starts there. So get this, the latest example of racism by that state. You've heard of an Amber Alert. It's designed to track down missing children. It's been around for about 20 years. Of course, children of all races are included in that program. But some critics say African-Americans are often overlooked by the notification system. You see the difference of when um, white girls go missing and um, black girls go missing. The sense of urgency is not there. African Americans, whether they're children or young adults, are often listed as runaways. State Senator Stephen Bradford is the author of a new law that creates ebony alerts for a community disproportionately impacted by missing youth. That's from CBS News in Sacramento, California. The Amber Alert only deals with kids 17 years and younger. With the ebony alert, it'll be from 12 to 25 years. What's that about? Now, this state already has feather alerts for missing indigenous people and silver alerts for seniors. So what's next? I predict a rainbow alert. And you know who that'll cover. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg for TNT Radio. And yes, good old Steve Malsberg. Uh, Malsberg. He's great. Great. He is. Now, we've got, um, we're over at the front page of uh, New Zealand Herald. I'll just give it a quick refresh. A free f- refresh. Uh, it's bizarre. Police uncover web of victims after widow loses $100,000 in Facebook hacking scam. I wonder if they'll let me read that. Uh, yes, it will. Okay, Australian police investigating how a widowed Kiwi pensioner lost $100,000 in a Facebook hacking scam believed an offshore mule who received her money was an innocent victim who also lost $500,000 to a South African romance scammer. Australian-based man believed the stolen money, which landed uh, into his account, was to help the sick grandmother of his South African girlfriend, who he'd been told needed money sent overseas to pay for urgent medical treatment. The South African romance scammer convinced the man she had money tied up in a company and had arranged for an associate who was holidaying in New Zealand to release the funds and wire them to the man's account, which he, he, he should then send to her via cryptocurrency. It's all dodgy, though, isn't it? You'd have to be nut, nutty not to know what's going on, surely. Um, when the money was deposited into his account under Kiwi Victim's name, he believed it was legitimate funds from his girlfriend's associate and immediately sent the money to South Af- the South African woman as instructed. The Kiwi victim is a vulnerable 84-year-old West Auckland widow. In an email to her family last week, Australian police said the case involved a complicated web of money transfers between numerous individuals, some of whom were obvious to uh, to be fraudulent activity. Obviously, this makes it difficult because numerous people are being scammed through this intricate network and thus sending fraudulent funds from one person to another, uh, not knowing Uh, This is what they are doing, according to Senior Constable at St George's Criminal Investigation Unit in New South Wales. So there we are. You can find that story. They'll let you read it without having to pay for it over at New Zealand Herald. Everyone can get ahead now, a new government, to hold the first Cabinet meeting today. That's going to happen today. And uh, police bonfire. Will anything be left on Labour's legacy? (laughs) 
Sorry, rather policy. Policy bonfire. I thought that doesn't make sense. What, are they burning all the dope? No, they're having a policy bonfire. Getting rid of all the stuff. Absolutely great. Yeah, I hope, hope to see it all go. Simon Wilson. The good, the bad, and the, gov- and the government's war on woke. Excellent. Comms, communications breakdown. Sees cops call at university after armed man was seen with an air rifle culling pigeons. Oh, that was yesterday. And apparently there's been a twist to the Madeleine McCain or McCann case as a new bombshell allegations emerge and they know a bit there. Will they let us read that one? It looks like they will. Uh, so that was, um, gosh, that's been a harrowing case for the parents. And it says here that prosecutors tasked with investigating the prime suspect in the Madeleine McCann case have hit a major stumbling block after it was revealed that the main witness is facing possible perjury charges. Ooh, that's no good. So that means that he's an unreliable witness. A convicted rapist and pedophile, Christopher Backner, or Bruckner, uh, was named as the prime suspect for the abduction and murder of a three-year-old Madeline from a Portuguese holiday complex in 2007. Gosh, it's that long ago. The current case against Bruckner was uh, built around key witness his name is Hedge Bush, uh, looks like Buchchin. Is it Bush? Bushings. Testimony. Bushings is said to have claimed that Bruckner confessed to him about his involvement in Madeline's disappearance. It all sounds dodgy, doesn't it? Uh, so he's an unreliable witness. So you can go and read that story for yourself. I better move on. I mean, I'm mucking around here a bit. Um, well, I want to get going. 59 and ripped. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, no, it's just an ad for lifestyle. Okay. If you eat more meat, your muscles grow. That's what I've been finding. Yeah, looking good. Looking good. All you do is um, just eat more meat and lay off the um, terrible vegetables, <laughs> which could have toxins in them. You know that? Especially now. Uh, but some, some vegetables do, actually. Some vegetables are very bad. Okay, so that's the New Zealand Herald. We'll go. We'll be back in a minute with. Uh, we might go across to Australia and have a look at some of their stories, uh, shall we? Or maybe not. No, we'll go to Radio New Zealand. How about that? I'll be back in just a tick with Radio New Zealand news. Steve Kirsch, K I R S C H. His newsletter is one you want to have. So go over to kirschsubstack.com, K I R S C H. Kirschsubstack.com. He writes about COVID mitigation policies, vaccine neurological diseases and conditions, corruption, censorship, and early treatments. The data shows, according to Kirsch, that vaccines, that's childhood vaccines, not just this last one they've been dishing out to us. Childhood vaccines are ruining the health of Americans and driving the epidemic of neurological conditions. It's gone a bit quiet, isn't it? Just died. Talking about Steve Kirsch there, wasn't I? That's a pre-recorded and it's dead. So I better flag that. Flag that one. We'll just have a quick one from Jordan because I'm not quite ready for you. Four minutes. No, coming up four minutes to six. News from TNT Radio at six o'clock. I think it is extremely smug and complacent to think civilization has peaked. It's all upwards from here. Yeah, well... Good luck with that. <laughs> it's a living. I, I, you know, I, I, there are lots of people who agree with me. There are lots of people clearly who agree with you. I wanted no, to... there are just a lot of people, I would say, who are coming to listen to what I say because they're sick and tired of having their desire to move forward in the world and to achieve something and to take their place as adult males, let's say, who are under the weight of accusations that they're ambition and forthrightness is a manifestation of something that's fundamentally tyrannical. They're not happy with that. 
It's not doing anyone any good, and it's also not true. It's really a terrible thing to do to young men, and it's happening all the time. That's why they're bailing out of universities like mad. There won't be a man left in the social sciences in 10 years in the universities, and it's no bloody wonder. It's an unhospitable place, and it's unhospitable precisely because of this doctrine. Jordan Peterson's lovely, just a nice man he is, very bright, very bright. Okay, we're over at Radio New Zealand here. Senior doctors routinely pressured to take on junior doctors' shifts. Senior doctors are being forced to pick up the junior doctors' shifts on top of their own workload as hospitals grapple with hundreds of vaccine vacant vacancies. <laughs> hundreds of vacancies probably caused by the vaccines. Mandates. Uh, police communications. The chief grilled on early warning ambulance um, response to mosque attacks. Oh, that's still going on. The senior police officer, he denies there was a breakdown. Uh, of communication between police and ambulance staff on the day of the mosque attacks. Iwi, that means the Iwi, not, not, not Kiwi, but Iwi, that's tribe, that means tribe. Tribe and council joint force, force they join forces as government signals cuts to co-governance. Cuts to co-governance, good. South Taranaki's tribe <laughs> and council have drawn up a new partnership agreement uh, just as the new coalition government plans to take an axe to co-governance. Good. Well, it's going to be. 71 jobs to go as Massey University moves ahead with cost-cutting restructuring. Uh, and at the cash strap, Massey University has floated a revamped restructuring, spelling the loss of more than 71 science jobs. And they're going to sell off some, I think, up in Albany or yeah, Albany campus. They're going to sell off some buildings as well worth quite a few million dollars. Well, they have to, really, don't they? Kids, parents have got wised up. They don't want to send their kids to be brainwashed by these leftist uh, halfwits. Hawke's Bay, and uh, they're having another clean-up again in northern Hawke's Bay. They're back uh, cleaning up the cleaning-up mode after the heavy rain fell steadily over the weekend. Hundreds of gang members leave after the tangy, which with no significant issues, but police continue to monitor the gang members' movements through the North Island roading network as they leave Foxton. And a task in itself, country's largest solar-powered station built in Kai... Where is it? Kaitaia. Oh, I'm going to build it up there. I suppose there's plenty of sun up there. I would have thought you'd... Th- I would have thought they'd build it. Oh, I suppose... It- well, they've obviously done... Well, I mean, you'd hope they've done their homework, wouldn't you? But I would have thought Blenheim. There's more sunlight hours there. But then you're further south, so in the winter, the sun would be lower in the sky than it would be in Kaitaia. Actually, I've sort of monitored it one year. Kaitaia... Never really dropped below 18 degrees one year. When was that? 2005 I monitored it. Kaitai was always up around 18 degrees at its high for the day, right through the winter. That was the lowest. Not bad. Not bad at all. Probably got a bit cool overnight. Uh, Disgraced broadcaster says he's taking legal action against Television New Zealand. His name is Kamal Santa Maria, interesting name, I wonder if that's a real name, says that he will be, t- I better be careful, he'll be taking action against me. Um, he will be taking legal action against the former employer, Television New Zealand. Oh, well, they say that, don't they? But then they figure out, oh, it's going to cost a fortune. Just to get a hearing, he's probably going to be looking at just a hearing, a one-day hearing, but just for a few hours, probably going to be 30 grand, plus all the preparation. <laughs> he won't be doing anything such sort. He's all piss and wind. <laughs> Mm. Oh, it's news time. We've got news coming up very shortly. I just better have that going in the background there. Yeah, we've got um, we've got Patrick Henningsen just finishing off with uh, one of his customers or one of his one of his um, 
guests, I would say. And uh, so what's the other heading? COVID-19 update. Oh, look, here we are, some fake news. 6,814 new cases, 27 deaths, including a child under 10. This is bullshit. Just absolute rubbish that they're reporting here at the Fake Stream Media Radio New Zealand. Needs to, there needs to be a full, uh, absolute investigation into the Fake Stream Media, particularly Radio New Zealand. Here we are. Here's uh, TNT Radio News right now. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. 